and we're back. <laughs> There's welcome. never. Uh, never a, a good intro, that. never a good outro. We just we just kind of wing it each week. But welcome back to Rooted in Logos. My name is Brad. I'm joined by my two co-conspirators, Carter and Austin. We are very excited to be here. Say hello, Carter. Hello, Carter. All right, and Austin. Hey, guys. Conspiracy fact. Yes. Conspirators. So this is conspiracy fact. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe. Episode number 10. Double digits, guys. Oh, man. This is cool. Hey. Didn't. We're getting somewhere. We are. Oh, we are. Getting we somewhere. are. Next milestone is no. 100. God is Woo! getting us somewhere. There you go. There you go. There Keep you us go. humble. I like it. Keep us humble. Oh, man. We're the worst. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, well, yeah, let's dive into it. Uh, well, oh, I was say, I was going to say, so I want to first give a shout out to our first Patreon subscriber, our Kevin. First patron. Our first patron, yes, Kevin. He joined us on tier three. Which means not only is he allowed to participate in the mailbag, which is exciting, but also he is going to get some swag. And so as of right now, he will be the first person sporting a Rooted in Logos sticker. At least that'll be the first thing he gets. So shout out to Kevin. Thank you so much for your support. That means a whole lot to us. That helps us keep the lights on. And if you want the (coughs) merch, don't be jealous. Just subscribe. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it helps us keep the lights on, helps us to do what we're doing, and to grow this and to do bigger and better things with God's uh, help. And uh, Lord willing, because we, uh, Austin and I were talking, just the two of us. Yeah. Uh, Carter, you were at work. Where, it's where fine. was I? You were at work. Okay. You were at work. That's all right. We were talking, and I just, I have big ideas for this. And it may not come to fruition, but they, but Lord willing, they will. Uh, and one of the things we want to do is is have some funds available to bring some people on, and so that is. I was there for that. I remember one of the goals behind setting up the Patreon is to have some yep. funds available to bring some people on and some and, big people, big name people, and uh, kind of grow this and make this big. So, in order to help us do that, not only can you support us on Patreon, you can also subscribe and give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Now that we are finally we there, are on it. That is where the growth comes. All these other avenues of listening are great but apple podcast is where your growth comes it's where we will become visible the more five stars we get the more people uh, will be able to see us the the farther our reach will go and we would love that and and we can really start making some moves here uh with that and maybe if me or brad learns how to do it we might eventually end up on youtube not video so don't be getting the wrong idea we're not doing video it'll be at least not yet still the recording but again youtube will bring in viewership and stuff like that yeah reach more people so get more official get more official sit down and wear suits while we're recording and it'll build a (laughs) it'll build a youtube presence to where eventually we might do video once a year Yeah, I don't, y'all don't need to see this goofy face. Uh, or how much stuttering and stuff we could edit out. Yeah, we oh, edit gosh, so much out, it's great. But that's behind-the-scenes stuff. Patrons might be able to get some behind-the-scenes stuff at some point, Ooh, where we throw so some bad. unedited things in, just to say thanks. Where and we mail them a video? Here are... Is that? <laughs> here's <laughs> how bad we actually mess up. Here's how we get these 45 minutes. We record for seven hours, but... No. <laughs> exactly. Just ask my wife. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, this week today we're going to talk about prayer and just kind of dig into this topic uh austin is absolutely and and carter both are really going to take the lead on this one i will jump in randomly (laughs) but you're going to hear a lot from austin and a lot from carter today for this episode on prayer because i just don't like praying totally kidding that's a joke wow (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm sorry that was a joke but (laughs) time got away from me a little too far (laughs) i Dear Heavenly Father, oh, please gosh. forget Brad. <laughs> Don't take it seriously. God gave me a sense of humor, and sometimes I misuse it. But uh, time got a little bit away from me. Full disclosure this week, and just the preparedness for this episode is is more on Carter and Austin this time. So I'm, I'm excited to hear a lot about what they have to say. And like I said, I will jump in from time to time. But uh, Austin. Yeah. So and Thursdays, Thursdays is pretty much supposed to be just you know, our conversation piece, what we're talking about. I, I have some scripture to kind of reinforce this because, again, this is very important. So, uh, what is prayer? Uh, a lot of people, I believe, a lot of people I've talked to, they're like, I, I don't really know what to pray for. I don't, I don't know how to pray. What, what do I do? A lot of people say, well, you just talk to God like you're talking to your best friend. 
Okay. And oh well, well talk to God like you're like you're talking to your spouse or something like that. Well, okay, prayer is a conversation, right? Uh, prayer is the way that you speak to God. Well, it's a two-way conversation. If you are praying and speaking to God, how is God speaking to you? Well, Hebrews one one dis- discusses how in the past God spoke to us through or he spoke to our fathers through the prophets. In these last days, he speaks to us through his son. Well, how do we learn about his son? Through the Bible. It is through scripture, reading the word of God, that we have that conversation. As you read, as you pray, you're having that two-way conversation with God, with you to him, with him to you. So what we're going to do is, again, we're looking at prayer. We're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. We're going to go through it and pick it apart. Now, there, there are a couple different ideas here. My thought when it comes to the Lord's Prayer, when the disciples came to Jesus and said, uh, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And so what what did Christ do? He, he led them through this. It says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now that part isn't in scripture, that's just kind of something we add. So let, let's let's go ahead, let's dive into it, let's pick it apart. When I look at the Lord's Prayer, I see it as a blueprint. Christ, I mean, the disciples said, teach us how to pray. So Christ, the Christ, Jesus, he led them through this prayer that is a structure. It shows you how you are to structure your prayers when you are talking to the God of the universe. So right at the beginning, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When you are starting your prayer, you need to realize who you are talking to. Okay. Yes, you are talking to your father, your heavenly father, Abba, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You need to be very purposeful on who you're praying to. Okay. Make sure you're not praying to any other gods, Allah, Buddha, anything like that. It's our father who art in heaven. There is only one God in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. You are giving him that reverence. When I pray, I I start my prayer with, Dear Heavenly Father, God, praise your holy and precious name. God of the universe, I give you all the glory, all the power, and all of the recognition, for it is already yours. Okay? You're giving him recognition to who he is. Again, our Father, you are talking to your Heavenly Father, so there's a closeness there. Next part, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you are praying, you need to be praying that his will be done, okay? Both on earth and in heaven. Now, we'll get into some other scripture to kind of help reinforce that, but also to discuss when to pray for certain things. But we'll keep going on with this. So, you are praying, Lord God, whatever is going on in my life. You know, you are, you're going through a very specific thing. It's very important to ask for thy will, his will to be done. Okay. Looking at it from that perspective, how do we know what his will is? Well, we do. We can look throughout scripture and decipher what his will is. But when you're looking at your, you know, day-to-day life, menial, meaningless task that it seems like, and you're you're praying, Lord. I, what do I do? What do I do with my this next step today? You're asking for His will to be done. Next section. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay, you're not asking for this bread for your life. You're not asking for this week. You're asking for this day. And this this could mean either you, you know your physical food when you are living your life like the apostles lived, going day to day trusting God to give you that sustenance of food, giving you that those clothes that you need. You are asking him to sustain you throughout the day. You're, you're not asking him to 
Lord, give me riches so that I'm 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 good for the rest of my life. It's give me this day, today, my daily bread. I do think that's why I will never win the lottery. A, I don't really play it, but B, I think God knows I would go insane and not handle that well. <laughs> it's yeah, a lot of us, a lot of us would yeah. be that, yeah. So next section. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It leads into forgiveness. Asking forgiveness, true forgiveness. Lord God, please forgive me for this sin, for these sins. And repenting of those and sins. And repenting. Turning away. Turning away, as we talked about in our last, our last podcast. But then that second half, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Guys, if you cannot forgive someone who has trespassed against you, scripturally speaking, it says, God will not forgive you. If you do not give that forgiveness for someone else, God cannot, in well, he can, that's <laughs> limiting God's power, but he will not forgive you. And how relevant is that today in this, and, and it's been like this for millennia, but this generation where it's all about me, 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 me. Yep. And if you offend me, you're canceled, you're done. Exactly. And there is no forgiveness, there's no grace. It, you see that through... Uh, just, I think it can't of cancel culture, of course. Yep. And someone digs up a tweet someone wrote ten years ago, and gosh, I don't believe the same things necessarily. I believe ten years ago, right? My oh, our yeah. our beliefs, our views, our values change and evolve. We're supposed to be growing and grow, and and as a Christian, should be growing as we mature. And there's no grace or forgiveness for those little for those beliefs that we held that we realize now aren't. Maybe not, or maybe aren't true. Maybe yeah. aren't the beliefs we should have had. Or even, you know, that conversion moment. You're an old creation. You're an unbeliever. You make that conversion 10 years later. You're a Christian. And they're digging up this side of you that was not a follower of Christ. Right. And as a Christian, it's like, yeah, you've sinned in the past. You've repented. God's forgiven you for that sin. As fellow believers, that doesn't matter anymore. The, the only reason why it would matter is if you continue with that sin. But if, right. if you have turned away, you've left that sin behind, I don't care. That That's not for me. God God will judge that at the end of the age. But for me, pff, that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we just, we focus so much on, on revenge and, and ostracizing people who are making mistakes. And we don't focus on forgiveness. And we and don't gets, focus on this. And, and not just God's forgiveness, but just between each other. Yeah. Well, Just it's the say. grace we have for each other. Right. Yeah. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, it's kind of kind of a, an interesting thing for Christ to say, right? Cuz scripturally speaking all throughout scripture, never once has God tempted anyone. He that it, he doesn't do that. He does not tempt. He is not the tempter. We know Satan is. So, lead lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And, and it, it's praying that, Lord God, deliver us from evil, but it is not the prayer, keep us away from evil, okay? We need to realize we're behind enemy lines. We are in a sinful world where it says the God, lowercase g, the God of this world is Satan. He is dominant. He is in control of this world. God has given that uh, through sin. And... It does not say, keep evil away from us. It just says, deliver us from evil. So that part in scripture versus the, the things that we've added through time. For, for me, it's, for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. It's that recognition of his divine authority, his awesomeness. For thine is your kingdom, your power, your glory forever. It has nothing to do with me, and it has everything to do with you. Guys, as you are praying, you need you need to realize who you're talking to. Yes, uh, Jesus talks to us as in we're, we're his friends. Okay, the disciples were his friends. And we have that unique opportunity, um, whereas people in the Old Testament didn't. We are able to come to God the Father through Jesus and speak to him like we're able to talk to a close friend, like I'm able to talk to Brad, like I'm able to talk to my wife. We're able to speak to him in that 
closeness. But you need to realize he is the king of the universe, the author of all things, the makers of heaven and earth. And you have to have reverence. You can't just come to him and say, hey, God, you know, it's me again. It's Austin. Uh, got these things here I'm dealing with, you know. Fix them. Yeah, fix them. Fix them for me. Fix them for me. You know, what do I need to do? No. Thinking of a king in history or thinking of someone with authority in history, when you walk into that throne room, when you walk into that room, how would you compose yourself? How would you talk to them? I, well, you're not going to walk into to the Oval Office and say, "Yo, whoa, what up, G?" You know, you're not going to. You're going to go in there and you're going to say, "Well, okay, depends that, on who it is. that's fair." But you're going to walk and say, "Mr. President, it, it's an honor." Yeah. I yeah. mean, even. I mean, I. This is totally off topic, but you know, even when there's someone in there that I think is terrible, um, like right now, they uh, if I get the opportunity to meet the president. I'm probably going to take it, right? Because that's not something you get every day. That is that is the leader of the free world. And I'm going to be respectful, respectful. In, in that, Mr. President. Yep. How much more honor should we then show God than, yeah. than, than the, the earthly leader of the, the U.S.? Yeah. How much more honor should we show God? Not, you know, again, it's not the, yes, we can be conversational. We can have that close relationship. But again, keeping it in that proper perspective of, this is the creator of all things. Yeah. This this is who holds my life in his hands. Yeah. And can do with it what he wills. There has to be reverence. There has to be that. So, <clears throat> going into a couple scriptures that kind of help focus that, okay? We're going to look at Romans chapter 8 verse 26 through 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. All right, so right there, as a Christian, as someone who has the Holy Spirit, when you're praying, there will be that aspect of the Spirit giving you what to pray for. You know, when you're sitting there, you're like, man, I have no idea. I have, you, you hit a blank. You're like, what do I pray for? You're like, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, intercede for me. And those, those groanings, as we talked about, the groanings that the Spirit within you has for your Father in heaven should be powerful. And it will, it will help and lead you and guide you into what to pray for. And if you are truly praying for what you should, it's for God's will to be done. Now, there's another aspect of that. So, we're going to look, look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, your requests be made known to God. He's your father, your father in heaven. I, as as a father, as um, I have three kids, I have fourth on the way. <laughs> when they come to me, when they're coming to you asking for things, you're listening to them. You know, you want your kids to talk to you. If you don't want your kids to talk to you, you might you might have an underlying issue. Just just a heads up. <laughs> um, so, from the father's perspective in heaven. He wants that relationship with you. He wants you to come to him. Okay? Yes, he already knows your desires. He knows your wants. He knows your needs. He knew them before the foundations of the earth. He knows them now. But he still wants that relationship with you. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to pray about those things. Okay? Like we are discussing through the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray for that. But if you're praying for these things that you do want. Again, he knows them. For for me, uh, when I'm praying, my wife and I, we're, we're looking for land, okay? We want to build a house. We want to have the land to have animals, you know, to have milk cows, have goats, have sheep, stuff like that, crazy stuff. Place where our kids can run around and, and have fun. So, we're praying for that. We're, we're like, Lord, if it be your will, th- this is what we want. This is our desire. We want to have this land, and we want to glorify you with it. 
But again, not knowing what his will is, for that, we're asking. We are petitioning the Lord, and we're asking him for that. And that is okay. Now, if you're coming to God saying, Lord, can I win this lottery? I really need to win this lottery because I don't want to work anymore, and I'd really like to live comfortably. No, that right. you, you might need to restructure that a little bit. Knowing your motives for what you're praying for, why you're praying for it, is important. And and understanding that God is not a vending machine. He's yes. not a throw a couple prayers in, get some cool stuff out. Like he is he is all powerful, almighty God who his will is gonna be done. Ultimately ultimately he wins. And and so when you're praying, you keep that in mind. You say, if this is what you want from me, I, I believe this desire is of you. Please show me if it is. And if this desire is not of me, remove that desire, right? So, like the land. There is nothing inherently good or bad with buying a plot of land, right? There's yeah. nothing inherently inherently evil or or righteous or just in buying a plot of land. And so, the desire to buy that land is not sinful in any way, shape, or form. Where it becomes that is when you start expecting God to fulfill your wish because it's your wish, exactly. because it's what you want. It sounds like you have a good handle on this idea that, yes, this is a desire that you have, but if it's not God's will, you're okay with that, and you're okay with Him taking that desire away, Yeah, or at least hitting the pause button on that desire. Well, right? so exhibit A, yeah, um, again, we talk about this a lot. We were, we put our house on the market. And we, the plan was to sell, get land, and start building. And we're praying, and it looked like, okay, this is happening. We believe this is what the Lord has. Well, put it up on the market. We got in contract. Contract fell through. Put it back on the market. Got in contract. Well, guess what? The contract fell through again. And a couple months later, guess what? Our septic starts leaking. And and it was cool because we're able to look at that and yeah it really stinks our septic is leaking and we got to replace it, but we we're looking at that with okay Lord you you did not want us to move for a reason we're still here for a reason and and we're okay with that I mean yeah we our desire our want was for, for land but we're like all right either a it's a no or b it's a not yet and either way we're okay with it so yeah we're we're. We're going forward. We're we're still praying for stuff like that. Also, don't pray doubtfully and just like because you know sometimes you'll just like go ask someone. You'll be like, I mean, I doubt they'll give it to me, but I'm just gonna go ask real quick, like for fifty bucks. Like, don't. It'll probably be a no. But yeah, I'll it'll probably anyway. be a no. I'll ask anyway, just to see, just to say that I did. Oh, it. I do that all the time, like at work. Like, yeah, <laughs> it may not be possible for me to do this, but can I leave her? Can I do this? Can I? Yeah, for yeah. sure. That absolutely is a total normal thing. Yeah, and it's saying Matthew twenty one twenty two says, "Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith." Mm-hmm. So pray with faith, and don't be doubtful that God will give it to you, but not saying that if you pray with faith, you're going to get anything you want. But for that time, if you, if you are believing that that's what God wants for you, have faith in that and don't. Yeah. So to put a practical kind of spin on that, if you have this calling, have this desire to go into ministry and you feel that that is of God and you say, okay, in order for me to get, Let's just say, in order for me to get into this school, I have to have this amount of money. I can't get this amount of money because, you know, for whatever reason, I don't have it, I can't get it, whatever, don't have the means. You start praying then for God and you say, God, I believe you can and will do this if this is your will. Don't just be like, I mean, God, you might be able to do this. I don't know. I'll ask. Maybe you leave it to me. (laughs) Yeah. And and honestly, when you are praying with that intent, with that, mindset of, I know you can do this, and if this is your will, I know you will do this, you're going to get a clear answer, right? And you're going to get a no or a not yet. Like, you're, you're, it, it's, or a yes. You're praying, you're praying for his will to be done, and you're praying with confidence that his will will be done. Again, like you said, it's not, he's just going to give you whatever you ask for. It's, I'm confident that if this is your will, it is going to happen, and that's why I'm praying like this. And... A story for that. Last year, 
yeah, last year when I took my permit test, I, I prayed like that because like I, I took it, I failed it, and then I took it a month later just because like we kept pushing it back, and I didn't study it at all in that whole month, and I was like, well, and my dad just woke me up. He's like, "Go take that. Go. T- we're gonna take the test right now." I was like, "I don't want to." And then he was like, "Well, if you fail it, you could just go take it again tomorrow." Because like they didn't have a wait time. And I was like sitting there. I was like, "Wow, I don't know any of these answers." And I was like, "God, I faithfully believe, or I faithfully believe that if you want me to pass this test, I can pass it." And then I just knew like all that. So yeah, that was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah because again, asking you will receive, mm-hmm. which is what you read. It's Ask in confidence that you will receive it if it's his will. <laughs> like if that's it. And before, like, because I had just read that verse the day before, and I feel if I didn't read that or like before how I would ask for stuff, I'd be like, just I don't know, maybe I'll do it if you want me to. And it's just a good teaching point to pray with faith. Yep. And well, don't be doubtful. And the important part too is when it says, "Ask and it will be given to you. Seek mm-hmm. and you shall find. Knock and the door will will be open." Again, it is talking about. When you abide in him, he abides in you because he abides in the Father. When you are praying and you're asking for something and he gives it to you, it's because that is his will. That is what he wanted. And when you're abiding uh, abiding in him and he's abiding in you, your desires become his desires. Become his desires, yeah. Right? And, and so you are confident in the fact that what you're praying for is what he wants. Exactly. When you are in proper relationship with him which is yes. probably not very often but well and and, and the, <laughs> again how the question is okay well how how are you in relationship with christ how deep is your relationship with christ and again that leads back to the two-way conversation you need to be fervently and all of the time washing your mind with scripture you need to be reading his will because again we know his will his will is laid out through scripture and if you're reading that and you are praying this way, again, through the Lord's prayer, structuring your prayer this way, he will, he will, he will abide in you. Because if the Holy Spirit is within you, he is there. And structure your prayer that way. Uh, one last thing for praying with confidence. It is, again, another quote from the book, System- Systematic Theology. Prayer is never wishful thinking, for it springs from trust in a personal God who wants us to take him at his word. Don't just have wishful thinking when you pray. Well, okay, so let's get into something really quick. This this kind of is controversial. Ready? Yeah. So this is this it's a hard one. Say you have cancer, okay, or a loved one you have, or loved one you know has cancer, and this thought process that you have of, well, I, I'm just going to pray, as in, Lord, I already know you healed them. I, I believe that you have healed him. And you, you pray that way as in, okay, you know in your heart, in your mind that, yes, they have cancer, but they're going to be healed. Okay, well, what happens when they're not healed and later they die? Okay, what does that do to your faith? And a lot of people, it wrecks it. Why? Because you're not abiding in Christ. And I, I say, I'm, I'm trying to say that with as much love as I can because, again, this is based on his will. So looking at miscarriages, okay, it's like, why did God allow that to happen? I, I mean, I was directly in the middle of two. I had uh, a th- an older brother and a younger sister that didn't come to fruition because God decided to t- take them home before they were physically born. And it is really hard because it's looking at why did God do that? And okay, go back to the cancer scenario. You're praying that, Lord, you've already healed him. I believe you already healed him. Well, you don't know if that is the will of God or not. Now, on the other side of that, that's not saying you can't pray for healing. Pray for healing. It says that laying on of hands, the healing aspect is important. But keep in mind if the Lord is ready for that person to go home, then it's time. And and for the believer with cancer, for the believer with cancer, they they will be healed either way. Yeah. For yeah. the believer, for for the one who is in Christ who has cancer, and you're praying for that person is, Lord, give them the healing that is in accordance to your will, whether that is here on this earth to keep them here on this earth with us, or whether that's the ultimate healing. The ultimate healing. When they become, when, when they're with you in heaven. Yeah. They get their perfect body. Instead of saying, I, <laughs> instead of saying, I know you've already healed them, it's, it's, 
I know you can heal them. Yes. And if it is your will, please heal their bodies. Yes. Do your will. Again, your will be done. And guys, we're not going to understand his will. We're not going to understand why these things happen. On a grand level, you know, again, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. So it sounds like a cop-out answer. But when someone asks, why did so-and-so have a miscarriage? Why did so-and-so die of cancer when we were praying for healing, we were praying for the pregnancy? It sounds like a cop-out answer, but guys, it's really not. It is profound, but also it's so profound we don't understand why. It's, it was God's will. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, and that might anger us, and in our human minds, it, it probably will anger us on some level. I, I, I've gotten angry about stuff like that. It's like, why did this happen? I know it was your will, but I don't like it. I am not okay with this. But... It's his will. Yeah, and again, his ways are not our ways. We're, we're not going to understand that. Yeah, and and look, looking at the miscarriage, since we went ahead and hit on it, um, it that is hard. I I mean, I I cannot speak personally because I Emily and I we have not been through that, and I thank God for that because I I can't even imagine. But I I have close friends that have my mom, uh, my wife's mom, and, and it happens a lot. The only thing I can say to maybe help that is when God has taken that baby home, think of it this way. God wanted that soul to exist, okay? He created that little body. He placed that soul in that body as tiny as it may be. Either you had a miscarriage at one week or you had a miscarriage at nine months. That baby has a soul and he wanted that soul to exist in heaven. And when you get to heaven, you will meet your child. And you're not going to meet your child, nine-month-old baby. That baby will be full-grown in its perfect body. Okay? it mm. will. That baby will know who you are, and you will know who that baby is. And think of it as... Uh, and it's hard. It, it is really hard to think of it this way, but... um. Kind of getting emotional now. You're, you're good. <laughs> Go with it. <laughs> uh, God chose you to be that baby's parent, even if you don't have the opportunity to meet that parent or meet that that child or get to know that child. Um, we have a really close friend, friend, friends that they got to love on their baby for eight hours, mm-hmm. and uh, their baby. Uh, uh, <laughs> Their baby was called home. God took took him home. Uh, and God chose them to be the parents of that soul. And it is such an awesome responsibility, but such an awesome... Uh, what's the word? I don't know. Cheeseburger? Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the liberty. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is... And we got to think of it that way. They're, they're souls. So, yeah. It's an unbelievable outlook, and, and one that as a believer, as someone who is a follower of Christ, that we can, we can, we can take hold of. It doesn't make it any easier, it doesn't make it any less painful, but it, it should it'd be encouraging. To, to I've, I've never heard it explained like that. I, I motioned to Carter, I just get cold chills. Like, it just, <laughs> I'd never heard it explained like that. And I had no clue what you were doing. I thought you were just dancing Cold, or something yeah. i don't know but you're looking no. at carter repping your arm right? <laughs> uh, but no it was that's such an amazing way to look at that and 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 i think it's truth like i, I really do i think that's mm-hmm. just yeah anyway yeah <laughs> all right so i want to look at a couple examples through scripture of prayer okay uh we're gonna go we're gonna go first to the old testament first kings elijah when he is praying for rain i i want to look at that real quick so, 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through 46. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. And he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to a servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again, seven times. And at the seventh time, he said, Behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, chariot and go down 
lest the rain stop you. So looking at how Elijah was praying, he bowed on the earth, put his face between his knees, okay? This this physical representation of, I am lower than you. I am giving you the glory, the honor. I am taking none for myself. And he is fervently, fervently praying for rain. What does God do? He does it. Uh, looking back at, I won't read it, but looking back in Joshua, when Joshua is leading the Israelites to war to help out one of their allies, and the sun is going down, and Joshua is like, I, we can't fight in the dark. We need light. So with this complete faith in God, he tells the, the sun to stand still, and it does. It says it stands still for basically another 24 hours. So this two times as long day, because Joshua had the faith it took to knowing, knowing God would do what was needed. He said, please do this. And it, and it was done. Psalms chapter 86. Great is your steadfast love, a prayer of David. And I'll, I'll run through it really quick. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you, you are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any words like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. So that is King David. He is literally pouring his heart out to God. He was the only one in scripture that it said he was a man after God's own heart. And Again, go go read and meditate over Psalms chapter 86 and just look at how he does that. Last, I want to look at Jesus. When Jesus is praying at the, the, the Garden of Gethsemane, this is Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46, but I'm, I'm just going to kind of pick out a few, a few places for here. Uh, and going a little bit further, verse 39, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So right there, he is praying that the will of his father be done. He knows what's coming. He knows what is expected. He is there for the sacrifice of all mankind, for for sin. And he's asking, he says, if it possible, let this cup pass from me. And later in 42, and again for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. So, he's saying, if this cannot happen unless I die, then so be it. Let your will be done. And I love that passage because it is, it just shows the full humanity and the full deity of Christ in one, just at the same time. Yes. Like you see both. Because you see this desire to avoid what's coming. Pain. He doesn't want to go through the pain. And that's the human side. This human side, yeah. But then you see the per- the, perf- the perfect deity of, but this is your will. And, and I want is, to do this your is what will. I'm going to do. And I love it. it uh, I, Matthew, but also I love Luke. Uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 39 through 46. I, I, I love this representation because this is where it says about talking about him sweating blood. And so... Verse 42, or verse 41, 
And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he arose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. The power of Christ coming out through prayer to his father, looking at him sweating blood. There was so much power from his earthly body, from his God side of him, his spirit. His body couldn't contain it. So much so that as he was praying, he was his body, his fleshly body was sweating blood because there was so much power there. His body couldn't handle it to the point that God had to send him an angel to strengthen him, strengthen his physical body just so that he could pray like that. And again, it says he prayed more earnestly after that. We will never obtain that because we do not we don't we, we don't have that power, but we do have the Holy Spirit within us. We have that opportunity to come to God our Father and pray that way, earnestly pray that way, and do it. I, Jesus didn't want to die. He didn't want to go through the suffering and the pain, but he wanted to do the will of God because he loves us and he loved his Father. And that's the takeaway. The takeaway is is asking in, to be in accordance to his will. Asking for what you're asking for, but it, it if it's his will. If it's his will. And again, there's nothing and, wrong and with asking for things. Right. It is okay. He wants, Philippians, he wants you to come and pray and ask for things. He's your father. He wants that relationship with you. Do not neglect that. I'm going to get into the disciplines, but real quick before I did that, something I thought of. I went to a, I think it was a middle school age conference last February, so 2020, and this is going to sound, sound kind of childish, but it, I mean, it was for middle schoolers, so it kind of is, but it works. I, like, it's a way to look at prayer. The analogy, for, or no, not analogy. What's the word? Acronym. Metaphor? I don't know how you knew that, but yeah. Acronym. The acronym for prayer, it is TACOS. And the T stands for Thanksgiving. The A, adoration. C is confession. O is others, and the S is self. And like, yeah, that sounds childish, tacos, but it lists everything we should include in each of our prayers. And it just makes me like tacos all the more. I, my Tacos are my favorite food. I, mean, and I, I have they a make strong affinity of, for tacos myself. <laughs> tacos are my favorite food, and now they make me think of prayer, so... Does this mean we go get tacos after this? I think it does. Okay. I think it should. Okay. But yeah, so I I just wanted to mention that because I like it a lot. That's awesome. But yeah, now I'm going to get into the disciplines. And I talked about this book. I think it was the first episode or second or something like that. It's called Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. It has helped form me into the deeper Christian that I wanted to be when I first became a Christian and that I was looking forward to being. And it's just super helpful because these disciplines are necessary, I would want to say. So I'm going to get into the discipline of prayer. Three things that I want to list at the beginning is, so these words are going to sound weird me saying like them. I don't speak this like intellectually, So, but these are quotes. These are not from me. Of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is the most central because it uh, ushers us into perpetual communion with the Father. And the second one, prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic of our lives. Third one, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. That's James 4, 3. And then to ask rightly involves informed passions in prayer, real prayer. We begin to thank God's thought after him, to desire the things he desires, to love the things he loves, to will the things he wills. And mm-hmm. so I want to focus on that se- the second one saying that like prayer or God uses prayer to change us and when we are most in prayer we are most in tune with God's thoughts if like if we feel convicted we're just going to abandon it just like that and then we're out of prayer or we're not we don't pray pray as much 
and it just gets abandoned just like that because we don't want to grow. So, and also kind of as a warning, um, with prayer, pray out loud. Okay. I don't know if you guys have noticed this or not, but when you pray in your mind, you know, you're, you're laying in bed or you're sitting there, you're praying in your mind, our mind wanders. Absolutely. And we get off topic so easily. Yep. What will help with that is praying out loud and being specific. If you can pray out loud and keeping your mind focused on what you are praying about, it is so much easier to stick with that. Absolutely. So, yeah, just kind of a heads up. Great, great, great uh, advice. Great Tip. advice. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm like praying before I go to sleep, I'll just like randomly be talking about something else. And I'll, like I'm praying and then I won't even remember what I, how I just switched. I'm like, exactly. What is, where did basketball just come from? Why yeah. did I think about that? Well, I, I have to take back my, Lord God, please forgive my <laughs> mind for wondering. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's super easy to wonder when you pray in, uh, in your head. And in the first like year or two of being a Christian, I never prayed out loud. I was way too scared to do it. And I don't remember. I was like challenged to do it. And then I eventually just like kept doing it because it was easier every time as I did it. And like my mind didn't wonder because I was saying it, and especially like with other people. So, and a main reason I thought they were going to judge me because I didn't like know how to pray because I was a newcomer, I was a beginner. Mm. Uh, so that like went away as time passed. So, well, and that leads into another one of confidence. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're praying to your father, be confident about it. Yeah. And I, it, it is, it is hard. You're out in public. You say you're eating lunch at McDonald's or something, and you're praying for your food. Praying it's, for God to make up for the bad choices of eating. McDonald's. Don't say, dear Heavenly Father, bless this food to the nourishment of my body. It's, Lord God, please don't let this clog my arteries. <laughs> please forgive me for this choice. <laughs> yeah, but but be confident. Be confident about what you're doing. You know, you're praying to your Father, and you're witnessing. You're showing people who to whom you serve. Yeah. What else you got, Carter? The next topic is the power of prayer, and prayer is a really powerful thing. First one is, in our efforts to pray, it is easy for us to be defeated right at the outset because we have been taught that everything in the universe is already set, so things cannot be changed. The Bible prayers prayed as if their prayers could and would make an objective difference. So prayer, okay, so prayer changes things. Prayer can, prayer has an effect on what happens on this earth. Prayer has an effect on on healing, on, on situations, on circumstances. So it is. It is a powerful thing. Third thing for the power of prayer, this comes as a genuine liberation to many of us, but it also sets tremendous responsibility before us. We are working with God to determine the future. Certain things will happen in history if we pray rightly. We are to change the world by prayer. Prayer changes things. Yeah. Amen. This was a, this was a great topic. Uh, just the idea of of prayer as a foundation, as a as a starting, as what we need to be doing, we need to be living our lives in prayer. Pray without ceasing. Yes. Like, don't pray with confidence. Pray without ceasing. Pray as though God is going to answer that prayer and understand that He will answer that prayer. It may not be the answer you want, but you're going to get an answer. And, and He is. And pray with purpose. Don't don't just come for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and say, "God, thank you for this food," and be done. Right. There's no purpose in that. If if it's just like that, there needs to be purpose in what you're praying for and how you're praying. Exactly. And I did a Bible plan on the, I forgot what the, and I don't remember what the Bible I was called, Purchase Bible, but it's called Dangerous Prayers. And it's saying yes. that like, you need to do more than just like, give me nutrition from this hamburger. Yeah. Like, don't just come to God when you're eating. You need to pray for his will, get like, get out of your comfort zone. And there was a quote in it. It was like, our, or God's blessings are right outside of our comfort zone and we miss all of them when we stay in our comfort zone. And once we get out of them, we can experience those. Yeah. And Absolutely. Again, not wanting to, because we don't want to go too long now, but like dangerous prayers. When you're asking God to strengthen you, keep in mind what that means. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And <laughs> you're not going to like you're it. You're not going to like it. In order to strengthen when you're building muscle, when you strengthen muscle in order to build it up, you need to tear it down. Okay. And God strengthens people through trials. Yeah. He will send trials your way to strengthen you. So yeah. James one, do, I'm not saying don't pray for it because we knew we do need to pray for it, but you need to keep that in mind. Know and what you're praying for. Know what you're praying know what's for. Happen. David, David is praying. Search me, O Lord. Mm-hmm. 
Keep in mind what that means. You are literally opening your mind, your heart, your soul to God. Everything you've, I mean, again, he already knows, but you are purposefully now doing it. The darkest places in your soul will come to light. Yeah. 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 So, Carter, what is our homework for this episode? Well, I was going to say something. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll try it again. What you were saying, like, dangerous. There's a song called Build My Life, and when you, it's a part like, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me. And it's like, that's a dangerous heart to be filled with. Like, you're going to be called to do things that you would never do. Like how I went overseas. I wouldn't have done that before I was a Christian. Like, sleeping on a roof for 10 days and (laughs) eating rice and beans that I didn't like. Like, that's a dangerous heart. You're going to do things you didn't want to do. So... I do have homework again. Yeah, Carter, what's the homework? Well, there's two. One of them is a question. One of them is to do that prayer. If you have the Bible app, it's called Dangerous Prayers. The logo is like a picture of the blue praying hands with like a purple flame. So it's that one. And then I have questions. Do you have a regular time each day for private Bible reading and prayer, or do you just push it aside and occasionally do it? Hmm. Are you sometimes easily distracted and turned aside to other activities? If so, how can those distractions be overcome? And do you enjoy praying? Hmm. Now, there was a few questions there. You can answer all of them or just one, yeah. but try to answer at least one. So. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with a couple of topics that are going to be pretty uh, pretty intense. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into security of salvation. Uh Once saved, always saved. We're, we're going to dive into it. We're And, and we're going to give you different views of it we're not just gonna go with exactly what we believe necessarily although we all have our beliefs on this topic and we will talk about that but we're gonna discuss all the different kind of ideas and and some of the biblical foundations for those ideas and also where some of the flaws come in and and where the tough issues are all right guys thank you all for listening like us subscribe to us give us five stars we will see you all next week stay rooted in logos thank you for listening to our show If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogospod.